0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What is up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one and only J.D. I'm Married Rogers. Yep, she liked it, so she put a ring on it. What's up? Oh, and isn't it the other way around? Yeah, but I mean, she also had to put a ring on my finger. And the one and only Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. Who is still pregnant. And how far along are you now?
1: I feel like forever. Uh we're officially third trimester 27 weeks.
0: Boom. There wow. we go. What it's is
1: Large up, and in guys? charge?
0: All right, so third trimester, you got married, we're mm-hmm. having a baby in 3 days. Lots of moving parts. Yeah. Should
1: we make JD tell us about his honeymoon or what?
2: Yeah, how was honey? Uh <laughs> I mean, it was good. It was a honeymoon. Uh we were in Cabo. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful.
1: Wedding was fun. It was really great. fun.
2: Um Honestly, I don't remember either of you being there because I was in such a fog. Oh, totally. It's the wedding day fog. It was all about us. Yeah. You missed it. But it was a really fun day, really fun honeymoon. We kind of realized how boring we are. Mm. We were like, why would we go out and do things when we have 24-hour room service? Oh, that's amazing. You and this bed and each other. and
1: Every girl right now is like, no, that's everything. Was
2: it hot? (laughs) No. It was was cold. No, it wasn't cold. Oh, was it, it like? was you get in the
0: pool? It was perfect weather. Oh yeah. Oh, so it was warm. It's like seventies, eighties. Oh, amazing, dude. That's so fun. So right, it was great. All right, three weeks into marriage, uh, which is not what we're talking about today. Well, it's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, today. Yeah, kind of. Uh, today
2: we're talking about the idea of a soulmate. Mm. Soulmates. Is there such thing as a soulmate? Is there such thing as the one? Uh, like, if God is sovereign and God knows who we're going to marry, or if we're going to be married, does that mean that there is one out there for us? Mm.
0: That he is predestined and you found Mm -hmm. and married her three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, what would you all say? I'm so interested to hear what you're going to say. Oh, I've got thoughts, man. Thoughts for days. Okay.
1: I'm also interested in, like, I feel like right now there's this big movement of people just manifesting what they want. So how many people have been manifesting this year? Like, I will get married. Like, I will find my soulmate this year.
2: Mm-hmm. I will marry Tom Holland. Him and Zendaya broke up. What did they
0: get back together? together? I don't know. I don't know. You gotta Google Spider-Man? it. Spider-Man? hmm What? Yep. yep. Spider-Man. Tragic.
1: Also, she looks like she's like 13 in that. And she looks like 26 in other movies.
0: Mm-hmm. How about she's that? fantastic. Is there a soulmate? Okay, what does the Bible teach about a soulmate? <laughs> the idea... I mean, here's where you brought up something interesting, J.D., is... We would say high level, no, the Bible doesn't teach soulmates, and that's not something that you should look for. There is an added element where the Bible does teach God is sovereign. In other words, he's in control. He knows all things. He created all things. And there's a way in which everything is a part of his sovereign plan. And so you could say, well, he knew that you were about to marry, or he knew Jenna when she was made, and she knew before she ever uh, even became a Christian and ever met you, that she and you would end up getting married. So, in that sense, is God sovereignly over relationships and he allows things to happen? Yes. But did God create someone? Here's where people generally use the term that I am looking. Did you ever see the movie Serendipity? Man, Maybe. Dude, such a classic. Can't remember the name of the guy who's in there. Anyways, it's all about finding this soulmate and how star-crossed lovers and fate will draw us together and that person. Love that you were those made kind for. of movies. I'm not going to lie. Of course. But. The Bible doesn't teach that you and I were created for someone. We were created for God. And so this idea of somebody who has been made and is your compliment that you should spend your life looking for, who is your soulmate, is not a biblical idea. The Bible teaches that you and I were made for a relationship with Jesus, and every other person we've ever met is made for a relationship with Jesus. And every person that we've ever met is at some degree incompatible with us because by definition they're a sinner. And so there's ways in which I'm sure— how many days in do you and Jenna had your first conflict?
2: Um, I mean, I don't know. I would say... I mean, we technically got into an argument the, the night I asked for my girlfriend, but...
0: No, no, no. I'm saying in, in marriage. Oh. In ma- Bro, we're in honeymoon phase. You guys haven't had a conflict yet. Um, Hold the no. phones. We may have found the only soulmate. <laughs> no. no I mean, They're can- also
1: very chill. I feel like it's going to wait for a while. Yeah. No, yeah. But
0: I, I would say...
2: No, yeah, no. I don't haven't. think I'm not, and gonna, I I fought I'm not gonna for force first... it. I'm not gonna force it. We haven't had I, one. I honestly can't remember. But my point is I yeah. can tell you our first conflicting engagement. Yeah. She basically didn't think I wanted to get married anymore. She thought I was getting cold feet. Class. And we had this oh, huge oh my gosh, discussion. Taylor's oldest. She that cried. I cried. Grow. Oh my gosh. It was like, and I, I will say to my, you know, to me, I was. Recovering from my kidney surgery. Mm. And she's like, you've just been different. And I'm like, girl, I am... (laughs) I just gave away a major organ. Oh, my god! Like, what do you mean? Of course I've been different. That's real, Uh, though. Every girl girl is like, wait, he's backing out.
0: Best strategy in conflict. Invalidate their feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He works them every time. Okay, so point being, inevitably, every relationship has conflict that's going to enter into it, and it's going to be connected at some level to preferences or selfishness or sin. And... That's inevitably going to happen with every person. So every person you ever met and ever will meet or ever could marry is someone who is flawed and brings sin and dysfunction into every relationship, just like you are flawed and brings sin and dysfunction into every relationship. So inevitably, you're going to have conflict. So this idea of somebody who's perfectly fashioned to compliment you is just not accurate. Furthermore, it, the reason it's it's a foolish thing to look for is who you are the day you say I do is not who you will be ten years from now or eight years from now or twenty years from now that uh, somebody I think it was Tim Keller who said you will marry like ten. I will have been married to ten different women in my marriage with her over the last fifty years. like they changed yeah, she same changes. woman, yeah, but they just change. and so do you and your preferences and even your uh, activeness and the things that you like and then you bring kids into the mix and the type of parent you are and the preferences you have on. Wanting to go out or wanting to stay in and wanting to vacation different places. It all just changes. And so for you to look for somebody who will always be the perfect perfect complement for you along the way is a fairy tale. It's a myth that doesn't exist. The better criteria is to look for someone not to be a S-O-U-L mate, but a S-O-L-E mate. A soul as in singular mate who has the criteria that God says to look for in a spouse. They have character. Proverbs all talk about that. They walk in integrity. They're the type of person that in First Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes about this is the type of man to look for to lead the church, which is the bride of Christ, which translates into this is the type of person to look for the characteristics of a man who can lead in the context of marriage. If he can lead the spouse or the bride of Christ, then he certainly can lead another bride. And there's Vice versa, work for uh, the type of woman to look for in terms of a spouse, and so the one who got away, or the soulmate, or that you know person that you thought was the one—they weren't the one because there isn't a one. Whoever you marry, Jenna is now your one. Mm. So wait, let's just all go, let's just be clear. So wait, Laura, do you believe there's the
2: one?
1: Um, I need to get something off my chest first. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to move past until I say this. I think the whole soulmate, soulmate thing that we say here is the cheesiest thing we've ever said. JP, if you're listening to this, I've told you to your face.
0: It's Gary Chapman.
1: Gary Chapman. It's a
0: great book, man.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Gary. I don't know you. I haven't told you to your face. But the S-O-U-L, S-O-L-E, I remember being like, oh, my gosh, don't say that. It's so cheesy, but... I'm well, glad you brought that off. So, that's all. Thanks,
2: that's, thanks that's for sharing that. And <laughs> yeah. someone just wrote that down. That's the that's their new bio. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry.
0: And they should, because it's genius and brilliant. <laughs> 78% according to a recent poll. Becca, what was the poll number? 72? 73! What was the... Who did that? We're asking Becca, who doesn't have a microphone. Becca, There's a recent yeah. poll... <laughs> Yeah, Becca, <laughs> she's classic. She's, a there. Becca. Nicole, she's in the corner. Becca. Hey, Becca. 73% of Americans believe in a soulmate or the one that they are looking for, which means 73% of Americans are looking for a unicorn. All right, wait, wait. I, I have thoughts it. on this because
2: I know you, JP, JP's like, oh, there's not the one, there's not the one. You know, yeah, whatever.
1: yeah, yeah. But
2: I, I don't know. Here's my thought. I'm ready for that. I don't think that some, I don't think people are, when they, when they say the one, I don't think they're talking about, I think some do, but I don't think most people are talking about what you just described in terms of like the perfect one for me, or like a perfect person that's perfectly compatible Compatible, Mm -hmm. for me. me. Yep. I think what they're saying is, is there's one person out there that I am going to end up with. And when I have found that one person, God's gonna make it abundantly clear. And how? so, like, how? Okay, that's for me, where people
1: get tripped up, though. Yep. I think
2: for me, I will tell you, I had I had been in t- two previous relationships, mm. both two years long. And I'll be honest, like, I those relationships were me going, okay, I'm a godly guy, she's a godly girl. This is supposed to, like, this is gonna work. Like, we're gonna, this is gonna work. Like, but in the back of my mind, like, man, there's something that's like, it's just not, I don't know how to explain it. And then when I met Jenna, I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Like, and I know it's like, there's so much harder, like, oh, you immature, like running after feelings, yada, 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 call it what you want, but I'm married now to this person that felt it did It was different. You know the the saying, it hit different? Yeah. With her, it immediately was different. It felt like, it felt ordained. It felt like when we came across each her past, it was like, bing. Like the angels were like,
1: hallelujah. (laughs)
2: Like like it happened. Like like that's what it felt like. And y'all can call me crazy. Oh, he's just drunk in love. Like, no, like it
0: really... Was different. Hey, I will not argue with your feelings. I will argue with what you make of your feelings. Oh, Okay? My and what God. am I making? <laughs> mm. You are, uh, I think, I don't think that you're crazy. I think that you're saying, I just, I felt a connection that I really liked. What I'm saying is she wasn't created for you, and you could marry a ton of other people, and so she, so could she. And she could also have that electricity or that connection or whatever it is, that chemistry, with Dozens of other people, maybe maybe thousands of other people. There, I said it.
1: Okay, but I think first we have to like lay some groundwork. Like there are two ends of the spectrum. Like there are the people who are searching for the feeling, and every like for instance, I just got off the phone with someone who set who the guy broke up with her because he just lost feelings for her. Like I just lost feelings for you. That last week I said I love you, but this week I lost feelings for you. So there are the people just like chasing this. Um, You're you're following your feelings completely, you know, and waiting for this magic zing of like, okay, now I just know because of some sign from heaven that this is the the one person. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum of people who are, oh, shoot, I already forgot.
2: They're not feelings. They're just like.
1: Oh, they're Stop. just plowing through, ignoring all the flags that, yeah. that are saying mm-hmm. this is not yep. right. Yep, yep. So, but yours is saying, like, I feel like you're there's, like, an intuition. Like, there's there's a difference in being in tune with the Holy Spirit and, like, just either Follow following your feelings. feelings or plowing through red flags.
0: I think—here, let me go back to your dating relationship. <laughs> this, this is dicey. I remember that dating relationship. And I remember you, uh, um, you know, being like the— uh, um, We're going there. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right thing to say. I remember the <laughs> deep desire to make that relationship yeah. work on your end, <laughs> and you may you may and now you, per- yeah. you may describe it as different in comparison. To that person, but it's only through comparing and experiencing this that you're able to kind of think through and see that more clearly. But in the moment, there wasn't, at least to everything that you shared with me, it wasn't like, man, I really don't want to continue this relationship and I'm not interested in it moving forward. And I think God closed that door and I think God, you know was sovereign over all of that, and Jenna's a star, and that girl was great. But Jenna's amazing, and that's so exciting. But my point is, I think sometimes in comparison and how a season that we're in or we begin to compare things, and there could be somebody out there you have even more of a connection with than Jenna. Does that mean that you were made for her or that you missed your one by marrying Jenna? No. That's what I'm saying.
1: So you're just trying to say, like, hey— don't worry so much about, like, missing the path. Like, if you married this person. Yes. It, it's not like, okay, now get a divorce because the next person might be the one. Yes. Which I've heard people also say that.
2: A
0: hundred percent.
2: Yeah, Yes. But also, did are people questioning if they should get a divorce because they're unhappy in a relationship because— they just decided, like you said, plow through. Like they decided to ignore like, man, we really don't see eye to eye on these things or doesn't mean that they're bad or I'm bad, but it's just not working because like...
1: One person wants kids, the other person doesn't want kids. They didn't talk about that.
2: Yeah, it just gets so confusing for me because also it's so funny how most of these people that say this, I'm like, well, either you got married when you weren't a Christian and so you never had to live out what you're talking about, which I know doesn't mean it it doesn't it dismisses what they have to say. Like they've learned, they've grown, they've watched, they've worked with people. But so that's interesting to me. But then too, I'm like, and you're like super compatible and your person's super attractive. Like it doesn't seem like you just went and found a godly person and said, marry me. Like it doesn't see it doesn't honestly seem like that. It seems like you had a vetting process and you found someone who met a criteria other than just
0: God's girl and I'm God's guy. Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. Either consciously or subconsciously, I think that's probably true for everybody. I'm more just hitting on the idea that there isn't a single person that you should be looking for an electric connection with that will become um, overtly and unmissably clear the moment that you meet that person. And the reason why, and I'm not trying to downplay what your experience was, and, and I think it's great, is because a lot of people are not wired in the same way emotionally. They could never experience even the electricity that you may have on the inside of the butterflies or call it whatever you want because they're they're wired kind of in a more stoic way. So then they hear, I'm supposed to feel this certain way, and I never feel that. So I guess they're not the one for me I should keep moving on. And uh, that's that's more what I'm hitting yeah. at. And hear me. It's funny, even though i already three weeks in, like,
2: I want everyone to get married. Now I'm like all my single friends. I'm like you and you go get married. You plus you go get married. I'm like oh you'll figure it out. Go get married like that. So I I hear what you're saying in terms of like at the end of the day what you're saying is marriage is a choice. It's waking up because all that stuff that attracts you to do to them it's gonna it's gonna come and go in waves and like you just choose every day. But I choose you. I choose you. I choose yes. you. Yep. And so I think I I do definitely agree with that. But I also don't want people to meet someone and it'd be like, gosh, I'm just forcing this. But I mean, they're serving at my church and they love God and they love his word. And like, but I just don't enjoy my time with them. Like,
1: yes. Okay. So I went through this thing. One of our elders would always say like, you know, here are the criteria if they're following Jesus and they want to get married. And I was like, I was single asking this and I'm like so confused because I was like, so you're telling me there's this kid that I really like. I don't even like being in the same room with him. Like, the only thing that connects us is the Holy Spirit, but I'm like, I have to tolerate you, you know what I mean? Or maybe he feels that way about me, and I have to marry him? Like, I felt like I was going to be forced to marry somebody that I didn't like. And he's like, he literally was like, no, Laura, like, okay, maybe we could add, like, you enjoy them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have to be able to share. I mean, you're going to spend your life with him, so you should. Uh, Oh, here's something that's hot take. I don't know that that is even true. (laughs) In general. But I do think that because we live in a free society, and arranged marriage is not normally the case. In other words, a thousand years ago when arranged marriage was the most common way people got married, did they have to have certain shared interests and like things in common in order to make the marriage work? No. Today, arranged marriages still have a lower rate of divorce than choosing marriages. But because we live in America and not in— uh you know
2: also were those marriages according to god's design or were those just two people existing raising kids and the wife was there for him to have sex and then clean the house and cook was, I that, hears- was that a
0: was that a marriage no that's a was that question. i think that's a different perspective on um man there's so many different rabbit holes we go off of that but yeah to look at uh the day when joseph and mary were engaged or when Uh, Rachel and Leah married to Jacob, or Rachel married to Jacob. People
1: from Genesis.
0: And they got arranged, and they were given together in marriage. And yeah, I would say those qualify as as given marriages. But my point is more, I think that's a modern-day addition that you have to enjoy, or you have to have certain chemistry. And I, I don't think it's a crazy one, because it's just a reality of living where we live, unless you choose to get arranged marriage.
1: I think there is something worth addressing that's like, this is removed for people with arranged marriages, Like paralysis by analysis options are overwhelming Mm -hmm. and that's what happens here is like the guys and the girls you see all these different options and you start thinking well like this about her I like that about her like that about her but like I want you all to be one person. And then I don't like this, but she has that. And it just gets so overwhelming. It's the same reason in the grocery store, you don't have 15 different types of lettuce. Like people would leave the store without buying lettuce, which nobody eats that anyways. You throw it away after you buy it. But like straight up, it's options overwhelm. That's the one thing that arranged marriages don't have. And I feel like there is a higher satisfaction than people who are just so overwhelmed, wondering, do I have all these options? Did I make the right choice?
0: Yeah, you know there was a study that was done, to, to your point, that um, New York Times did a study, and they showed basically two uh, arrangements in a store of like some of jams, like bread jams, like strawberry jam. One arrangement had 50. The other one had 10. okay So you got a huge one. It was two studies, two different locations. Two, they were just studying how people behave. The arrangement with 50 different types of jams that you could go and you could sample and you could taste, 60% of people stopped by. But a very small percentage – of people stopped by in order to buy one. Only 3%. On the 10 jams, so like less options, uh, only 40% stopped by, so not as many people, but 30% bought from there. In other words, the Excess of more options didn't create the more likelihood to commit to something. It created a tremendous decrease in the likelihood to commit to something. The same thing is true in dating. It's kind of what you're saying that, hey, all the different options, especially with all the different dating apps and me having the world at my fingertips, is not increasing the likelihood of commitment. It's decreasing the likelihood and increasing the likelihood of me chasing and searching and seeking the best person out there, which is not going to happen. It would be impossible for you to find. You should look for someone with the best qualities, Scott says. Boom.
1: Yeah, which is where I think, J.D., like you actually do have maturity where it's like, no, you had a basic understanding of like if God allows this, like as long as God turns these doors with these Christian women, whichever one you're with at the at the time, like here I am, you know, and you're not constantly like. Pausing, like, but is somebody better going to come along? Which, am I missing out on the one? Like, you weren't thinking like that. And then all of a sudden, God just, like, made things click for you.
0: Yeah, I think it's really true. Yeah.
1: Which I think a lot of people listening, and I get it, it's like, it's the other way around. It's like fear of missing out on something better. Or, like, fear of, like, what's my life? I think a lot of people, ooh, here's something. I think a lot of people get selfish about it. They start imagining, what's my life going to look like with this person? And if it feels like fun and exciting, then they're probably more likely to say yes. But yep. if it feels,
2: I, I I agree with. I see both sides of people's concerns because I, I just met with a guy who. He there's this girl that he's just it's just electric when they're together as friends, but he's afraid to ask her on a date and make it romantic because then what if it changes the friendship? And well, what's keeping you for asking out? What's keeping you from asking her out? Well i noticed in our friendship, like I think I'm just more emotionally deep. And like I I'm afraid that like she can't go there. I need someone who can go there. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, it's a date. And like you're assessing something about a person that and that's not fair to them. They're acting like your friend. You don't know how deep they can go. Yeah. And I was, and I was saying, and I just saw this stuff and I was like, listen, you gotta just go on the date, and guess what? If it changes your friendship, then your friendship is already probably too intimate anyways. And you need to get in or get out with mm, this girl. Yes. And, and, and so I get the whole like analysis paralysis. Like you're thinking too much about like, well, here's what my wife needs to be like. And, oh, well, she's all these things, but she doesn't have this depth to her that I think my wife should be. You First off. Relationships are all about you can help your wife get there. Hey, I need you to tap into more of a depth. Like, I'm a deep person. Can you tap into that? It's about refining one another, sanctifying. Well, I need you, she'll probably say, I need you to have more fun. Like, I need you to not make everything so deep. Like, you're both going to do that. And like, you have stuff and she has stuff. And like, that's the point of relationships. It's beautiful. But also, also, if their friendship wasn't, if they weren't electric when they hung out, I probably wouldn't entertain it as much. But I'm like, bro, the fact that y'all are so. Like y'all are such vibe. good natural, vibe. Yes, y'all vibe so well. Ask her out. That is rare. That's what I mean. As I think some people would be like, even if the vibe isn't there, yeah. make it work. And that's where I just don't know. I, I'm gonna tell y'all just straight up. I don't know. I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if that's right.
0: I think you're hearing somebody say make it work. I'm saying uh it could work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, though, like, I think the church, like, we preach to the culture who gets really wishy-washy, and we say, like, make it work, make it work, make it work, without, like, forgetting that there are intangible things like the Holy Spirit. I think we just can't squash the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah, and I think what I would just encourage as we wrap up, like, for me, if I hear someone say, Oh, well, why didn't it work? Well, she just—I want to hear really carefully to the whys of why it didn't work and assess after that. Because you're you're right. If it is just, well, they didn't seem deep enough, I'm gonna lean into that. But if it's like, man, we went on four dates and it, the conversation would run we, out.
1: We couldn't and communicate we, yeah. yeah, and
2: it just it didn't romantically, it just didn't go there. I'm not gonna be like, Well, bro, you'll figure that like the spirit of God's in both of you. You you it'll be great. I'm not gonna dim, like invalidate yeah. that every yes. date's been awkward and like You know?
1: Yeah, those are different, though. And what is really good about that is he came and asked you and let you speak into it. Because here's the thing. He doesn't know about her depth is that, yeah, that girl's probably getting advice saying don't give him more than he's asking for. Like, she's probably hearing guard your heart. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You might have a crush on him. And don't just, like, pour out your heart and give him all this depth that he's not asking for. So, but, but that's different than, like, hey, we we got to a place where we're like, we can't, we don't like each other, you know?
2: And I think that's what I question is, is is God in that? Or is that flesh? Like, Here's what I'm
0: saying, and we can wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you need a car, okay? And let's say I say, J.D., I'm going to buy you a car. And the point of a car is because you need to get to work, and you need to be able to get around, and so, I'm going to buy you a car, JD. We go to the car lot. I say, you get any car you want. You say, any car? I say, any car. You look around. You find a small, um, you know, a two-door uh, convertible, and you're like, could I do this one? And then there's a Jeep, and then there's a truck, and then there's a Tahoe, and then there's a Jeep. A uh, what, what kind of car do you drive? Around? Grand Jeep. Cherokee? Yeah. A uh, and Then there's a Honda Accord. And I say, you can get any of these. And you're like, yeah, but I need to find which one is the right one. I'm like, any of the cars that will drive you to work are the right one. From there, it's a choice. Am I forcing the convertible on you? No. Am I saying the convertible could work? Because you could the convertible work? Yeah. If it drives, it can drive you to work. And I think for whatever reason, Christians here, you have to make it work with that person. And I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying that they could if they have the criteria God lays out. And beyond that, It's a matter of preference, and it's a matter of choosing. And whichever car you choose, you're not going to have – if you choose the Jeep, you won't have a convertible. If you choose the Honda, you're going to have better gas mileage, but you won't have a truck bed. And so in terms of dating, I'm not boiling everybody down to just that. I'm just saying there's a lot of people with whom you could make it work, and for you to look for the magical one is not necessarily a criteria that you have to have. If that's what you're going to look for, you may never find it, but you're free to do that.
1: I mean, but you're gonna waste probably a lot of time, especially if you're trying to test drive all these different models.
0: Yeah, you don't know, test drive. all
1: those serial daters, like you just.
2: Mm. Um,
1: here's here's okay. This take this or leave this. Um, I, this is the last thing I'm gonna say is that Proverbs twenty-one-one to your question, JD, like God turns the heart wherever He will. Like the stream, the it literally says the the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever He will. Two examples in Scripture that are both, like, uh, different. Literally, Moses' life was saved because the women looked at him, and they were like, wait, he's so cute. They saw a cute baby. They had a desire to save the baby. It was against the law, and they're like, I'm saving the baby, okay? That was a straight-up natural desire. But then we also see Samson, who, like, so God used— what I'm saying is, like, God brought about plans. Like, Moses delivered—I mean, he was a pivotal part in the history of the Bible— Um, God used that natural desire to bring about those plans, right? Okay, but here's another plan. Um, Samson literally saw Delilah. He knew he wasn't supposed to marry somebody who wasn't in his clan, but he's like, wait, but she's really beautiful. I want to marry her. Like I desire her. And he chased that desire and it led to destruction. But God used that as part of his plans. So I think you just have to check your desires and put them in line with the Holy Spirit, but not like in God's word and God's people, but not like, ignore them, or stuff them. Does that make sense?
2: Sure. Acknowledge them.
1: Acknowledge them.
2: But
0: don't let them be ultimate. I don't know. Yeah. Look for someone who has criteria God has. And beyond that, you're free to choose. But that's all I got. Me too. Okay, we'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. (gasps) Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.